0: calling this message the call to expand and grow and uh, as we settle in the remainder of our time really what uh, I would just love for us to sit on is this simple idea that this new year is much more if we allow it to be if we engage it in a certain way it, it could be much more than just the new year it could be the call uh, that God may have for us to growth and expansion that in this new year if we were to engage with it in a certain purpose and with a certain focus, that if we could hear this, God may be calling us to expand and to grow. And he will give us everything we need. But he puts the response on us. And he invites us into this adventure Of life with him and into this adventure of embracing what he may calling us to do he will supply us with everything we will need along the way but the response is ours to make and I have to be honest with you this is not necessarily something I feel completely comfortable with it's it's uh, whenever I'm challenged myself to expand beyond my own comfort zone I get a mixture of emotions Uh, on one hand I get uh, something of an excitement and of the possibilities of what could happen if all goes well. And if everything goes according to plan and things work out and successfully, on the other end, we could look back and say, that was awesome. That, that definitely sits there. And, but, but it's not the only thing that sits there. I, I wish it was, but on the other hand, it, it, it's the other side of the coin. It's the side of if everything goes wrong. And if everything just crumbles right before my very eyes, and as I step into this opportunity, I blow it miserably, never to have such an opportunity again. And this, these two competing emotions just kind of sit inside. And, and I don't know how else to explain this other than to share a, a certain experience where this, this definitely happened, which I was asked to expand and grow beyond my own comfort zone. And it happened about eight or nine years ago. I was around 21, 22 at the time. And... Our youth group had, uh, had been going to these summer mission trips within, to Ensenada. And we would spend a week down there, and we'd end up connecting with a great ministry down there that was a men's rehab uh, center. And uh, over the years, we developed a relationship with the two people in charge. The, one of the people in charge was Pastor Rodriguez, and he was very lively, very charismatic. He was a ton of fun to be around. I mean, people around him just got life from his energy. And he was very funny. It, it almost like he, that, his excitement and charisma bridged the, the, the language barrier in many ways. And then there was uh, the person that he had with him that they were partners in this ministry. And he just went by Javier, but he was also a pastor. And we refer to him as Pastor Javier. And he was, he was, uh, Pastor Rodriguez was tall and strong. And uh, he had a presence about him. And Pastor Javier was a bit shorter, a lot quieter moved with a uh, kind of like, like he was floating a little bit, <laughs> with that kind of slowness, right? And when he would speak, it, it, you would have to pay attention, but his words would, would have impact, kind of personality. And I was the main interpreter, and so we would have these morning chapels and evening chapels in the men's rehab center, and um, in the morning it would be Pastor Rodriguez, and in the evening it would be Pastor Javier, and the first day, uh, you know, Pastor Rodriguez would, would have his message, and I was um, accustomed to that in terms of his energy and everything, but then in the evening, uh, Pastor Javier was up, and I had to interpret for him as well during the message, and something startled me, because it was, it was like he just, once he got to the, 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 the platform, something inside of him just Completely changed. He, he became a whole nother person, and uh, I, I don't know how else to visualize it except I, I think of Yoda, <laughs> and I think of of how what, what you would expect from Yoda as you see him walking with his stick, and then all of a sudden he's getting called into action, and he becomes the world's most the greatest martial artist on the planet. He could fly all of a sudden. He could jump over people and kick people in the face. And he could do all these things, right, even though he's just a little guy. And and so anyway, Pastor Javier transformed right before my very eyes. And I was looking forward to the meek and mild and mellow and and, and soft-spoken Pastor Javier. And and it's like he, he prayed. And as he was praying, I got a sense of what was burning inside of him. And then as he started preaching, I realized, oh, I did not expect this. Something lit up and and the men's rehab center was filled with men who had you could tell experienced a lot of life who had tremendous challenges and obstacles to overcome and they they if you were to just see them they they, they well they scared me and so they they but they connected with pastor Javier and he he started just ignited on the platform and he started he started moving around and he started doing all these things that I felt like I needed to do and so he would march to one side and I would march to the other side and tra- and inter- interpret in English and then he would pound on the on the pulpit. and then I thought oh I don't know okay and I just started <laughs> pounding on it and, and there was a disconnect right because he was definitely passionate and I was very awkward and he was sweating I wasn't and he was losing his voice and my voice was okay and and so we had this ignited you know, just vibrant energy with the Men's Rehab Center. They, they, they were all alive, and they were responding, and he was getting into it, and he just started almost exercising right there on the, on the platform, and, and the, the youth were really scared and kind of wondering what was going on, but I remember just such a disconnect, and on the same token, felt so inspired after that. Because here was Pastor Javier, somebody I would not expect to just light a room up like that. I thought, wow, that's amazing. It's awesome, this is gonna be a great week. And I remember going to bed that night thinking this is gonna be uh, just a great opportunity for our youth, for for what we get to experience as a leadership team with the adults, and and, and I felt so good about this trip until the next evening. Because the next evening I realized, you know what, if if we're gonna get this active, I, I better find out what he's gonna be talking about, I better stretch, I better warm up here, and so I remember sitting down with him and saying, you know, what, what, what have you prepared for tonight, Pastor Javier? What, what passage are you looking at so I, I know where to go with you? And, and, and he said, you know, I, I have something prepared. I had something prepared. And I said, OK, great. What, what, what is it? And uh, he says, yeah, I did have something prepared, but, but God told me you're supposed to speak tonight. <laughs> and I thought, no, he didn't. Uh, no, he didn't say that. Uh, he, he didn't tell me. Um, <laughs> And so I I remember just sitting there and saying, what? No, this is in half an hour we're starting. And and in his very Yoda-like, he let me, you know, way, you know, he just, you are speaking tonight. (laughs) I'm I'm speaking tonight. And... uh, so I realized, you know, this was not an option. This is something I'm supposed to do, and, uh, apparently. And so I went ahead and I said, okay. And, and, and I got my Bible that had English and Spanish translations in it. And I grabbed it and I went to the back of the chapel half an hour before service started. And I opened it up and now I was sweating. And, and I started panicking and I started thinking, oh my, I have no idea how I'm going to step into these shoes. And I start looking through the Bible, and I'm expecting something. I'm I'm hoping for a miracle, something I've never experienced before, and I never have. But I I remember expecting something of of God saying, this is exactly what you will say right here. I have written it for you since I told him you're supposed to do this. And so I thought, where is this? And, And so I'm searching, and it's almost as if the letters were gone it's just a blank book, and so I'm looking, and I find nothing, and and I start realizing there's no way I can measure up to Pastor Javier. How am I going to step up to this? And how am I going to speak to a group of men who have gone through so much, who have overcome so much, who have beards, and (laughs) I don't. They're much older than me, and I'm 21. And the time kept on ticking and I had to come to this point of realizing you know what I don't I it's one thing to feel comfortable in conversation in Spanish or to interpret it into English but it's a whole nother thing to speak a message in Spanish I'm severely limited and it's almost like I had to come to this point where I, I started panicking and I started realizing this is going to go horrible and I realized I have to be okay with my limitations. And I just have to do the best I can. And so that's what I did. I got a passage that I was a little bit familiar with that I had never read in Spanish before. I got up to the stage when it was time and I started speaking. My nerves, my fear never left. I I developed a sudden case of stuttering. Uh, words had triple t's on them and there was this just hesitation in everything i did then then as i was going into the message first of all i I did not move at all i I stayed right here because it was safe there was distance here and and so i remember just sitting there and then throughout the message i I dropped into something that's very common for uh for some of us who know spanish and english i started speaking in spanglish and expecting them to understand exactly what I was saying. And then in my desperation, I started making words up in Spanish. And they started laughing at me, just, just like you. And, and I remember just sitting there, just very nervous. And at the end of my message, I ended up, it was the fastest message I had delivered. I prayed and I, I got out of there and I thought to myself, that was horrible. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, because I definitely messed that one up. And I remember going to the back, and everyone, the band got up, and everyone was celebrating, and everyone was very graceful. And after uh, the service was over, Pastor Javier came over to me. He says, I want you to come with me. And he pulled me into his uh, office, a very humble, modest office. And he said to me, you, you did pretty good tonight. And I thought, mm, you're being really generous. And he says, you know, yeah, and he went to the, his wall, and he pulled off this plaque. And he says, "You know, there was a number of years ago that I knew exactly what you felt like, and and so I made something for myself that reminded me of the Lord's faithfulness." And, and it's, it's this verse. It's Joshua one nine. And the verse actually is, um, "Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged." for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then he, he looks at it and he says, you need this. <laughs> Memorize it. And I said, okay, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's stuck with me. It, it sits in my office now. It reminds me of exactly what he pointed to. And it's been, it's been just a memorable experience in my life because anytime we're called to expand and to grow, I think you could hear me when I say that, you know, we experience that exact same tension in some way, shape, or form. And in many ways, this weekend, this day, everything that it represents, we're, we're on the beginning of a great opportunity. Some of us are so happy, we survived 2011. <laughs> it is done. It's gone. We, even if we wanted to, it's, it's done. And that is cause for celebration in itself. And some of us, 2012 presents new opportunity, an open canvas of sorts, a new slate. But then can you hear me that some of us may have foregone the conclusion that we should not even attempt to make resolutions because somewhere in the back of our minds, something tells us that although the year has changed, we haven't. And our limitations are still there. And we don't have what it takes. Or perhaps we might have something of a fear that what we let down last year may be repeating again this year. Or perhaps in this time of celebration, there is something inside of us that is also worried about what's to come. See, we find ourselves in this tension, don't we? Of this mixed point. Between a a season that has just ended and a season that is about to begin, and how we approach it, really makes a lot of a difference. And the the beautiful thing about the scriptures that I really love is that they are filled with stories of people who have been in similar places in their lives, and we see God interact with them. And it is a powerful dynamic whenever God steps onto the human scene. And And one of the passages we're going to be looking at, the passage we're sharing in it together, if you open up your handout, is going to be dealing with somebody who was in a similar tension point between two seasons of life. And he was wrestling with things. He was not necessarily altogether happy or excited or enthusiastic about what was to come. And God steps in and has a word with him. A word I hope he will have with us. We're told here... That after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. And So we, we from the very beginning, understand that Joshua is in a place of mourning the passing of a leader he had become accustomed to. Somebody who had stepped into the courts of Pharaoh and demanded the deliverance of his people and got it because of God's faithfulness. Somebody who through the thick and thin was faithful and tenacious and sustained himself in God. The entire nation had come to recognize Moses as the constant pillar. And now he was gone. And we could gather that Joshua in many ways was mourning the passing of a covering of a leader of a season of life he would never have again. And God steps in and it's not like he told him anything he didn't know. But God points him to the reality that in order for him to move forward, he must he must acknowledge that what was was. No longer is. And then verse six, he continues to speak to him and he says, I want you to be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land. I swore to the ancestors, I would give them the call to expand and grow. It is clear. Joshua, you are in for a new season. A new season. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. No, then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Let me remind you of the source of your strength. And your victory. And then verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Some of us, as we look into the possibilities and as we think of our limitations, this, this is our word. As a people, as we press into the great adventure we're in for. This is our word. This is our word. And we're not told how much time passes between what the Lord had to say to Joshua and Joshua's response. But he did have a response. And it was a great response to what God had to say to him. He not just received it. Or embraced it. But he moved on. And we're told in verse 10 that Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel. Those immediately under his influence. He, and he commanded. He says go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. We're on the move. The time is now. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you. The transition is over. The time for action is here. Get ready. We're moving. And we're told that he gets the word, he gets everyone ready. And if we were to read into this, we would see that God was faithful to his word. He was with Joshua. He was with the nation of Israel. It was a powerful account of how God longs to interact with us when we're called to expand and to grow. And as we think about this new year, I thought it would do us well to consider a couple thoughts, a couple of lessons we could learn from this as we press into this new season of our lives, this turning from the old to the new, we're putting this under 2012 considerations, and we're saying, firstly, that moving forward requires us to let go of some things. We we cannot move forward carrying everything we've been carrying. There are some things that need to be left behind. And it's not just things that may be negative. It's not just things that may necessarily be something that we would say is not good for us. In fact, you know, a couple months ago, I I turned 30. A little bit of a milestone. And uh, people who are not yet 30 don't really like it when I talk about it, but I'm sure I'm not the only one who experienced something of a change, of a paradigm shift. And as I was wrestling through the, the, the soberness, the seriousness that I, I felt I, was required of me entering into this new season of life, I was wrestling through this, and I came upon this verse that I would like to share with you. It's in, verse, it's in Corinthians 13, 11. Paul wrote this. He says, look, I was, when, I, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. And it's almost as if he's saying, it's not that being a child was bad. It's, there are ways that we have been, that we have thought and acted and behaved, that have carried us for a season, but can you hear me? We have outgrown that season. And there are ways that we're okay for a time, but we have to surrender them in order to move forward to what God has for us. It may have to do with habits or attitudes or maybe there are things that we have carried or perhaps it is a point of regret that we have have carried far too long. And in this new year, in this season, there is something of a need for us to surrender it. Maybe some of us have grown weary of surrendering it over and over and over and over. And God may want to say to us, you know what, do not grow weary in well-doing. remain steadfast and immovable stay in it for i will be with you i will help you let go of this i will help you release it and i will have something new for you to attain the call to expand and to grow requires us to let go of some things but it also requires us to put extra attention to the foundations of our lives see in order to expand, our foundations need to be reinforced. And what I, we see it clearly in verse 7 and 8, where God calls him to be strong and very courageous, but then he calls his attention to be, what? To be extra attentive to the instructions God had given him. To his word and to himself. Do not deviate to the right or to the left, but stay in it continually. Meditate on this book day and night. See, I, I love this. Because what is he saying? He's saying, let's not talk strategy of how you're going to address people publicly. Let's talk about how you're going to devote yourself privately. Let's not talk about how you're going to move into this in front of everyone. Let's talk about how you're going to behave when no one is looking. Then you will have victory. Then you will be successful. This new season will be sustained by the level of attention you put to these very specific, important things. And this last fall, I was reading a book that I really appreciated. And it's a book written by Gordon MacDonald called Building Below the Waterline. And he wrote this book because he had read a different book by David McCullough about the Brooklyn Bridge called The Great Bridge. And he says that in his reading, he, he discovered something, that there was a level of attention given to a particular point of the bridge that he had not expected. And he wrote about it. And this is what he wrote. He says, the Brooklyn Bridge remains a major transportation artery in New York City today because 135 years ago, the chief engineer and his construction team did their most patient and daring work where no one could see it. On the foundations of the towers below the waterline. Think about it. The most patient and daring work was done where no one could see it. It's a powerful analogy that 135 years later, in a region of our country, there are people who benefit from this every single day because the most patient and the most daring work was paid to what no one could see. I wonder. As we step into this season of our lives, what would happen if we put our most patient and daring work to the areas of our lives no one will ever see? How many generations down the line will benefit because we built our lives in such a way? How many years down the line, how many relationships, how many people will be able to walk on the life we've built because we focused what no one will ever see it's powerful see God wasn't taking things away from Joshua he's only adding things on he wasn't giving him a break he was calling him to action and in the midst of the action he says now more than ever you will have to focus refocus restrengthen resharpen yourself on the most important things never forget it Joshua your victory comes from me And that is where most of your energy must be paid. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help us. And we know what we were talking about. Perhaps it's signing up for the connection classes. Perhaps it's plugging into a small group so we can grow relationally within the body. Perhaps it's actively engaging with the scriptures. Perhaps it's daring to dream in how we will carry ourselves out privately. Perhaps it's building life-giving habits or paying extra attention to the most important relationships in our lives. I don't know what it might look like, but may the Lord have access to us. May he speak to us. May he strengthen our foundations. Because really, if we're talking about this together, the greatest way to take advantage of this season is this. Momentum is best captured by moving with it. Momentum is best captured by moving with it. See, more than any other time of year, we have a great opportunity before us. Because as a culture, there is a movement, a wind of sorts, a current that pushes through that calls many of us to action in terms of thinking about our priorities, of what's most important, of how we're carrying our lives out, of what we want to see happen this year. And although God may not be the centerpiece of the discussion, what would happen if we allowed the wind to carry our sail in such a way that the momentum as a people we experience is directed towards the compass God is is pointing us to? What would happen if we step into this moment together And say, you know what, God, I will believe that you will be with me. That as I respond, you will strengthen me. I will dare to dream. I will dare to devote. I will dare to refocus and sharpen myself and move into this year knowing that you have a plan for me to expand and to grow. And oh, what a beautiful plan it is when it becomes a reality. And when we get to see dreams start to come alive, And we get to step out, in many ways, in faith. And we realize there is something to step on. What a powerful dynamic. I think of, you know, in many parts of the year, it might feel like we're training, sometimes, many ways, alone. And I almost think of the dynamic of training for a race alone and then showing up on race day when everyone else is there. The energy shot, it's like the wind is at your back. And you are just given such a surge. If we take advantage of this time. If we respond to the Lord. We move into it. What a momentum builder it could be. For what he has in store for us. May we do it. May we respond. In fact. A couple moments the band is going to come back up and share the closing song. We're going to have our time of giving. The song is in the handout. It's called Afterlife. And I just love the first stanza. It says, I I have tasted fire. I'm ready to come alive. I can't just shut it up and fake that I'm all right. I'm ready now. I'm not waiting for the afterlife. The time to move is now. The time to act is now. The time to step forward is before us. May we respond to his call to expand and to grow Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you that you are the ultimate source of our capacity to dream with hope. And hope that does not disappoint, but hope that becomes real when it's based on you. And I pray, God, that you would fill us with courage and with strength. I pray, God, that you would help us push against our fear and discouragement. And I pray, God, that our limitations would find their capacity in your ability to go beyond our limitations. Help us push into this year, God. Help us respond to your call to expand and to grow. And I pray that you would take our response, infuse it with life, and do something beautiful. Do something beautiful and amazing in this year. We pray for this, God. Help us live now. Help us live now. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.